overwhelmed by clutter when you walk through the door? Are you tired all the time and stuck just getting by? With each day being a carbon copy of the next and no time or space for yourself? Hi, I'm Sarah and I was you, so I understand. You're a busy mom, whether at home or working full time, feeling like you're in survival mode. There isn't time for more because you're just putting out fires, overwhelmed by all the stuff and aching for something more. That's what the Simple Intentional Podcast is here for, to support you. Whether it's to clear clutter, ditch the overwhelm, and create ease and simplicity, figure out how to be more intentional in your life, or inspire you into action. Each week, I'll share things like practical and actionable tips you can start using immediately to start living more intentionally and create your life, as well as interviews with people that will inspire and educate you. I'm a full-time working mom, wife, and lover of all things simple. After a stage four cancer diagnosis in 2014, I started on a path to change how I was living. And I'm sharing with you everything that has helped me move from a stressed out, people-pleasing perfectionist to calm, in control, and feeling like the best version of myself. So grab your earbuds, a cup of tea, and join me to start making powerful shifts in your life today. This is about so much more than stuff. Hello, and welcome to episode one of the Simple and Intentional podcast. My name is Sarah, and I'm so excited to be sharing this new format with you. Whether you found me through Instagram or my blog, I'm so excited that you're here, and I can't wait to get to connect further with so many of you. So what I thought made sense for the first episode is for me to share a little bit more about myself, tell you more of my story so that you can understand how I got here, why I'm here, and why I do what I do. So for me, when I thought about this, the beginning of my story, I think, begins with a summer job I had when I was in college. So when I initially went to school, I studied social work because I always knew I wanted to help other people and that was a big driving force in what I chose to do for my career. Um, So it began with social work and a summer job that I had during that time was working for a moving company that moved and helped seniors downsize. So it was such a great experience. It was actually probably my favorite job I've ever had. I just really loved working and connecting with the seniors, helping them sort through their belongings, hearing their stories, and really help them make decisions that were hard for them. Um, And I found it really rewarding. But the flip side of that was when I would come home from that job and I'd been in an environment that was sometimes very full of clutter. In fact, sometimes people would have stacks of newspapers lining the hallway or, you know, for a lot of people who grew up during the Depression era, they had, you know, every single rubber band or all the milk bags rinsed out and lovingly folded. And so there was nothing was ever let go or thrown away. Um, Certainly a different era to how we live now. Um, And there's certainly some things that we could learn from that time, but um, 
the I guess the one positive of our society now is that it is easier to let go of things. So I would come home from that job some days feeling so overwhelmed by stuff that I would just start getting rid of things. And it was a huge shift for me because prior to that, I had been so sentimental about everything. I saved every little scrap of paper, coaster, you know, when you went to a restaurant, those paper coasters, um, all kind of little mementos and that sort of thing. Like anything that was like a little souvenir of a memory, I kept. I was very, very sentimental. And I used things as representations of that sentimentality. So this job actually was like my beginning in um, decluttering, really. (laughs) So you can see um, sort of how the path of our growth and how we change can really happen over a long period of time. Because, you know, that was probably um, almost 20 years ago when I had that job. And I really gained a lot from it it obviously left an impression on me because now um, that's the kind of thing that I'm doing um, and I'm starting to build as my purposeful work that I've chosen outside of my career um, is to help and support women to declutter and to understand their relationship with stuff so that was the beginning for me Um, and then I would sort of jump forward to my cancer diagnosis in 2014. So um, leading up to that, I had been working as a teacher um, in a kindergarten classroom, and I was just getting sick all the time. Like every little illness that went through the class, I caught it. Um, You know, I had strep throat like three times in a year. Um, You know, every single illness I was getting and I was so tired all the time and I couldn't really understand it because, I mean, at that point I didn't have kids. Um, I was very active, you know, um, like I've mentioned before through Instagram, I only owned a car uh, or I, I I bought my first car in 2020. So I actually solely use transit, walking, and cycling as my means to getting around. And then on top of that, um, I exercised a ton. I ate really well. You know, I really took care of myself. I slept a lot. So my fatigue was really baffling to me. And, um, you know, just preceding my um, diagnosis the summer before my husband and I had gone on vacation to Portugal. And this was like one of those moments that really stood out to me. Um, We were on vacation, first of all. So (laughs) we were really relaxed. You know, there was like no real demands on us. We were just having fun. And um, I had gone for a massage and then we were going for a hike. And as I began the hike, you know, I was just walking up this slight, uh, this slight, hill (laughs) at the beginning and I'd been walking for about 15 minutes and I was exhausted and I just couldn't understand it so fast forward a few months and um, I had a big lump pop up at my collarbone which was probably about the size of a golf ball and it was really hard and it just kind of came out of nowhere and I thought well that that can't be good like what is that 
So I went to my doctor and, um, you know, she sent me for an ultrasound and then a chest x-ray and, you know, the sort of beginnings of all the investigations. And when she got some of those results, she said to me, you know, um, I think you have lymphoma. And that moment, you know, things really changed. Um, and I sort of began the, the process of, um, getting a firm diagnosis, which if any of you have gone through any sort of um, health crisis, you probably understand um, all the like layers you have to go through to really understand the diagnosis. And that can be a big waiting period. Um, And then I ended up at a really amazing cancer hospital here and um, had incredible oncologists and went through chemo and then radiation and, um, and my cancer, um, was gone. So I was very, very lucky. Um, but this whole period, uh, I wasn't able to work. So I was, um, I was on long-term disability. Um, and like I said, I did not have my daughter at that time. So I had a lot of time where I was alone. Um, you know, tons of time alone and it led to a lot of deep reflection you know a lot of reading and um, a lot of TED talks and like all sorts of uh, new ways of thinking that I came across Um, I started to recognize that I was a huge people pleaser and a huge perfectionist and how those things were actually affecting me negatively And it's interesting because before this, I never would have thought of perfectionism as a negative thing. I really thought of it as just being like detail orientated and like caring about the way things were. And um, I didn't really connect to what like the negatives of that were, um, nor with the people pleasing. You know, I just really wanted to be a kind person. I wanted people to think I was nice and... um, those things really impacted me negatively because I certainly didn't have strong boundaries. Um, And that was another thing that I began to understand, like what boundaries were and why they were important and how to set them. And so um, it was really transformative for me. Um, I mean, anytime you're told that you may not live, um, it certainly throws you. And I'm sure that all of us can relate on some level when we faced something big in our lives and how impactful it is for us and how much it changes us. Um, So in many, many ways, I was very lucky that I got to have all this time. Um, I just could focus on myself and getting better and my own growth. Um, And just that I had so much time for reflection and meditation and that sort of thing that I learned a lot. And the other thing that I came across that I had never heard of or really understood before was um, the idea of self-love and self-care. And I'll tell you at the time, (laughs) I really thought, oh, yeah, I've got that. I take care of myself. Um, I love myself. And... I mean, I did take care of myself, um, but I, again, I wasn't a mom. Um, you know, I was a sing, like, you know, I had my, my, my partner, like my now husband, 
but you know, really my free time was my own. So of course I could take care of myself. Um, and that wasn't something that was hard for me at that time. Um, and, but the self-love piece, I mean, I think I've learned more about that and, um, all the little ways that we don't necessarily show ourselves love that, um, I'm learning to now, but, uh, I think what that is, is also a good lesson in like, sometimes you come across an idea or a concept and you don't actually really understand it until later on when you have new learning, new understanding that can help you like really connect to it. But, uh, anyway, so that was my cancer experience. Um, it was hugely transformative and, then um, I'm going to leap forward to motherhood. So in 2018, I had my daughter. Um, you know, in Canada, we can have um, a year maternity leave. Um, we actually can have up to 18 months here. Um, but uh, I, I had a year. And um, that was kind of the point where the decluttering really kicked in a lot more. Um, you know, I was home with my daughter. Um, I was, you know, surrounded by staff a lot of the time in home and I, and, you know, just, you kind of start to see like how, um, when you have a kid around and I'm sure a lot of you who are parents can relate, like, you start to see um, in like from a baby proofing or like kid proofing standpoint, how many dangers there are. So there's that element where you start to like remove things. Um, But you kind of get like a sense of peace from that too. Like things start to disappear and you're like, oh, that's easier now. Um, But it really, really intensified when I went back to work. So I was a full-time working mom. My husband works evenings and weekends largely. So I'm really, both of us are solo parenting a lot of the time. And um, I was just completely overwhelmed. You know, I didn't have any help. um, And I was just on my own dealing with all the things all the time. And I was exhausted and I just started getting rid of stuff. And slowly I started to see what an impact it had. And it was like, um, you know, another piece of the puzzle kind of sliding into place. Like, okay, all that work I'd done when I had cancer and now um, I'm facing motherhood and the shift in identity and all the things that come along with motherhood. But I'm also realizing like, I don't want to live like this. I want to live differently. And that, that idea of creating my life and living more intentionally and being more in charge of what it looks like, um, is like slid into place. And so, those two things together, like the decluttering and, and being more intentional about things completely changed how I live. So, um, you know, it was like slow at first, but of course I had these big bursts where I would get rid of tons of stuff and it felt so great. And every time I cleared space, I was so excited about it. And, you know, I talk about this all the time about like the process of small steps and like, um, taking the time to like, 
uh, understand what's happening when you get rid of stuff like to sort of connect to like what are your thoughts around that like why is that hard to get rid of or um you know using like a maybe box I talk about that a lot as well because sometimes putting things away and then pulling them back out again after you've like practiced getting rid of stuff you realize oh I don't need any of that um so we just sometimes have to like break our attachment to things um, over time. And, um, I think that's, I think, you know, we, we are faced with a lot of reality shows and like overnight transformations a lot and like what we're exposed to. And, um, like certainly there are people that do that, but I think like to really have a transformation, um, it's never overnight, you know, you've done a lot of the work you've done a lot of the transforming. So if you are able to suddenly clear out a whole bunch of stuff and keep it gone, you've probably been doing a lot of work internally before that that enabled you to do that. Or you've had something big happen that's like caused you to really flip a switch. Um, Because for instance, like with my closet, um, when that was the hardest area for me, when I decluttered my closet, um, it happened in stages for sure. You know, like I, I used Project 333 as um, a challenge and I loved it. And I think that those kind of things can be really great tools. And I got rid of um, a whole bunch of clothes initially, but I also packed away a lot. Like I had a really big maybe um, bin. I probably had actually a couple. And um Then when I revisited them after I'd been living with this simplified wardrobe and I got to experience getting ready and it was so much easier and like my drawers were easy to open and I could see everything and like it wasn't a struggle. Um, After I'd experienced that, then you, like I made the choice to get rid of a lot more and I think that most of us would because we've given ourselves like a little bit of a separation from stuff we've lived without it and then we know um that we can do it so um it's all a process really of practicing making decisions um processing our thoughts and feelings around stuff living without stuff so that we can understand more um you know, what, what those attach, where those attachments come from and how to, um, shift the way we think so that we're creating more ease, more simplicity, we're getting rid of overwhelm and we're making our home space a calm and peaceful environment, especially with kids you know, we want to be able to find things. We don't want to struggle to look for things all the time. We want to get out the door easily. You know, we want cleaning and tidying up to be easy because you don't want to have to lift, you know, 15 different things to dust a surface. So it's almost like um, that element of survival mode um, that probably most of us have experienced as parents. Um pushes us to a place where we need simplicity um, but then we feel how great it is and we choose it (laughs) so um, yeah so that's really a lot of my story and 
It's how I came to create Simple and Intentional because like I said, I initially really wanted to help women. Um, I wanted to help people initially when I started out in social work. Um, you know, and I've, I've come to be a teacher now, but um, all of this growth and all of this transformation, um, I felt really pushed inside to share what I know because I know how much it's helped me and how much has changed my life and that's really what I want to do is I want to help other women have the same kind of change so they can create the same kind of ease and transformation in their own lives because I think so many of us um, we just followed a path we didn't necessarily think or choose um, very consciously a lot of the decisions that we made in our lives that led us to where we are. Um, and I think recognizing how much choice you have over like creating your life and what it looks like and that it can be totally different from how other people live because it's what works for you is a huge gift. And it's just kind of like, again, it's like flipping a switch where you're realizing, um, how much agency you have and, I know for me, uh, that was huge. I just didn't grow up with that kind of intentional direction. Um, and it can have such an impact on your life. So, um, yeah, so simple intentional really came from that. And, um, now, I'm sharing what I've learned through my experiences and all the learning that I've done along the way and the books I've read and um, all the stuff that I've absorbed, the practices that I've tried, um, that I've kept, you know, um, the things that I found transformative. So um, really, I'm going to be sharing through this podcast uh, more of that. So if you follow me on Instagram, um, you know that I often share very actionable things. Um, so I'm hoping to do a deeper dive into those things to share interviews with people I found um, who have a lot of great stuff to share. Other women like me who've created transformation in their own lives, people who are experts um, and just really like actionable tips and tricks um, the understanding behind things so that you can make the choices to shape your life in the way that makes the most sense for you, that you can find simple, small ways to start to create change, and that you can create the space that you need in your life to feel calm, um, peaceful in your home, and in control. Um, and not in a negative way, <laughs> but in a real, um, in a way that you're being decisive and conscious of your choices um, to live the way that you want to live and that creates the best life for you. So I hope that you'll follow along. I'm looking forward to connecting with you each week. And um, thank you so much for listening. That's all for today. I'll see you again next week. And if you liked today's episode and found it helpful, I'd be so grateful if you would write a review. If you do, your name will be entered for this month's giveaway. 
You can also share with another mom who would be helped by listening. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Simple Intentional. Thanks for listening.